In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In the epistle reading for this morning, St. Paul writes to the church in Rome saying, No one anything except to love one another. Now, what does it mean to owe each other love? What does this mixed metaphor, what is it all about? On the one hand, owing has a very negative connotation. We want to eliminate debt. But loving has a very positive connotation. We want to increase our love. Owing implies that something needs to be paid. But loving is an unconditional gift. Owing implies an obligation, but loving is about a personal relationship. So what does St. Paul mean when he writes in Romans 13, Owe nobody anything except to love one another. Now this is particularly apt for a parish such as St. John's a parish that has adapted loving God and loving neighbor as its mission. We can find this on bulletins, on our email, websites, Facebook, and even minutes from committee meetings. Now, most of us know what it's like to be in debt. We borrow and we owe on our houses, and on our cars, on our education. And being in debt is not an enviable position to be in. In fact, most people are trying to work themselves out of debt. And talking about debt can be unpleasant, but here I go anyway. Let's look at four different elements of debt. There's the debtor, the person who owes, the creditor, the person or institution who hopes to collect the debt, the terms, how the debt gets settled, and the backstory how the debtor got into debt. So, for example, if we borrow to buy a house, we are the debtor. The financial institution is the creditor. We settle the debt by making monthly payments for so many years. And the backstory is that we're human beings and we, live a, we need a place to live. And getting a loan for a house will meet this very real human need. So... Using these four elements, what does St. Paul mean when he says, Owe one another love? In this case, each one of us is the debtor. And interestingly enough, each one, each one of us is the creditor. And the debt gets paid through acts of love. And the backstory? Well, the backstory here, I think, is the whole epistle to the Romans. In the first few chapters, St. Paul writes that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. However, God's love for us is so immense through the cross and through faith in Jesus Christ and by God's grace that we are reconciled to God. So in chapter 8, St. Paul reflects on this deep, mysterious and wonderful, and he writes some of the most beautiful words, I think, in all of Scripture. When he writes, For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, 
nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. We have received a tremendous, a most wonderful gift, a gift that reconciles us to God, a gift hope to a broken world, a gift that trumps over death, a gift that can heal hurt and division that we have in our communities. And we can show God our gratitude for this gift by loving one another. We owe love to one another. It's one way in which we can show gratitude towards God for all that he has done for us. But let's push this further. This is no ordinary debt. First of all, since each of us are creditors and debtors, what St. Paul means by this is that our lives are linked together in deeper ways than we can imagine. This is a financial image of interconnection. I would hate to see the accounting of this sort of thing. But it's an image drawn from the financial world. St. Paul expresses the same idea in the well-known image of the church as a body, where one part of the body is connected organically to every other part of the body. All parts are necessary, all are interrelated. When one suffers, all suffers. And when one experiences joy, the whole body is overjoyed. And second, this image of owing love to one another implies a complete lack of hierarchy when it comes to a Christian community. Each of us has the same obligations to other persons. It doesn't matter who the other is. Their beliefs, their lifestyle, their choices, identities, politics, it doesn't matter because our debt to love the other must be paid if I consider myself a follower of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if one is ordained or lay. We all must love each other. Loving others for the Christian is not optional. Third, and this kind of bothered me, this debt can never be paid off. I can pay off my house, I can pay off my car, and even college loans. But I can never discharge this debt of love. I must admit, this part of the image really bothered me, and maybe we can't push the image this far in this direction. So I mulled it over for a few days this week, and I realized that this was one of the key issues in the whole passage. Let me explain by a kind of a silly analogy. Imagine that due to the last months of inactivity, I find myself needing to join a health club. I need to lose a few pounds. I need to get back into shape. Now, the annual membership fee is a bit too steep for me, so let's say I take out a small loan to cover it. And I pay on this loan each month over the next 12 months. I discover that this health club is not like any other health club in town. What makes it different is not the running track or the exercise equipment or the pool. 
What makes it so different is what happens when I pay my monthly premium. Like all bills, I don't get excited every time I have to pay it. And it takes something from me. But I notice that every time I pay the bill to this very special health club, something magical happens. By paying the bill, I lose a pound. And I become more physically fit. What an incredible health club. In other words, by paying the bill, I become what I long for. This is what happens when we pay the debt of love to one another. We become the loving community that God intends us to be. What an incredible deal. Oh, no one anything but to love one another. As we seek ways to be loving to each other, we become more like Christ, more loving. We become the person that God wants us to be. And this debt, not ever being able to be repaid, is not a bad thing in this case. By loving one another, we actually become one of the beneficiaries of our own payment. Permit me to end by continuing the health club imagery for just another minute. Learning how to exercise and get in shape and lose weight, I think, is best done with a few friends. Dragging myself to exercise can be hard. But if I'm going with a friend, it's much, be it's much better, it's much easier. This is why I would encourage each of you to find opportunities to grow together with a small group of trusted Christian friends. In fact, this past summer, I was privileged to be a part of a disciple group that met online for about a month. We talked about the fruits of the Spirit, our rule of life, our spiritual journeys, and we looked reflectively at our Christian lives and how we could grow together. Owing each other love is made for opportunities such as this. So, as we look to Monday, and we begin another work week, let us not forget that our true vocation as Christians is owing love to one another.